to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Calling all reactive dog owners. Y'all, I know that owning a reactive dog is daunting, it's overwhelming, it's stressful, but I want to give you tools. I want to make your life easier. So that is why I created Reactive Redefined. Reactive Redefined is an online course for reactive dog owners uh, so that you have the skills to improve your dog's reactivity and to make outings more enjoyable. So if you'd like to learn more about Reactive Redefined, head over to my website, agfdogtraining.com. Um, click Reactive Redefined to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am with one of my wonder, wonderful uh, Reactive Redefined students. So um, for everyone listening, if you have a reactive dog, I have a program. It's called Reactive Redefined. It is online and we meet bi-weekly and I support you and give you the tools you need to manage your reactive dog. And Lauren is going to tell us all about her experience inside of Reactive Redefined. So uh, Lauren, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about your dog. All right. Well, thank you for having me. I should say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me on. Um, I am currently going through Reactive Redefined with my dog, Brooks, who is a six, six and a half year old American Pitbull Terrier healer, a little bit of everything mixed. And he is joyful and wonderful, but also um, frustrating (laughs) at times. Yeah. Okay. So can you tell all of the listeners what Brooks is reactive to? Brooks is primarily reactive to other dogs. Um, It does not matter what size, but especially dogs who are responsive to him. So um, he doesn't really get too worked up or riled up if a dog is pretty calm and just looking at them, at him. Um, But he does get worked up if there's another dog barking, growling, lunging within a certain amount of distance. Doesn't seem to matter anything to do with like where we are, the circumstances. It's just, if somebody's giving him hell, he thinks he should too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think people listening can relate to that, right? Because Brooks is not a unicorn, right? He's right. It's very common. So for him, what do you think his emotional motivation is? Do you think it's just, over, he just gets overstimulated or what? He's a very social dog and he always has been. Um, So I think his motivator is basically like, what the hell, mom? I know what I'm doing. Like, why can't you just let me go handle the situation? And because he especially has very good dog manners. Like he reads all of our foster dogs. Like I never have to worry about him. Um, And so for his mind, he's like, this isn't an appropriate interaction. Like... I think he just, he's just frustrated. He's like, this isn't how I would want to go meet this dog. And like, now mom, you're making me look bad. Like he's so frustrated with the circumstance that he's just like, has nothing else that he can do, but get worked up. Yeah. Okay. So how does that present? Lunging, barking? Lunging, barking. Um, there's sometimes some redirection so we cannot walk him by like with other dogs. Like I cannot take two dogs at once for fear of that. Um, leash biting, pulling, uh, just pretty much this desperation of like trying to communicate to me that this is not okay. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, can you give the listeners like kind of a timeline here? So first of all, how long has he been with you? He's been with me for five and a half years. Um, and I was just shy of 22 when I adopted him, adopted him like three days before my 22nd birthday. So I was really, you know, I was always a dog lover, but never like super knowledgeable about what I was doing or what I shouldn't be doing. Um, and it's been pretty much an uphill battle with reactivity since then, uh, probably since like three to six months in to our adoption, you know, relationship. Right. So did you know that it was reactivity at that point? No, I was like, why is my sweet, social, funny, wonderful, perfect dog suddenly acting like such an asshole? Like, what is going on? <laughs> it was just like out of the blue. And I just thought, dude, like, is he suddenly aggressive? Did I make him a bad dog? That's how it felt. Like, it just felt like I had done something wrong. And I think so many people can, can resonate with that, right? Because like you have this super social creature and you see him interact with dogs off leash and you're like, okay, right? Like, and then the behavior on leash is so far from that. And it's confusing at first, right? You're like, okay, right? Like, and I, and I think so many people have those feelings of like, oh shit, is my dog aggressive now? Right. And like, that's so far from the truth for Brooks, right? Like, fantastic with dogs it's just the the particular setup right of him being off leash and another dog like barking or whatever right that elicts the behavior and I think that that's what's so important for all of us is to observe those things right and not just slap labels on on our dogs like oh he's aggressive like but is he really because in Brooke's case he is not aggressive at all he just is frustrated yeah. And, and one of the things, like when I first started like researching it and trying to like find help for us was, um, the term that kept coming up as leash aggressive. And I hated that term because I'm like, here is this dog that no, I don't know a lot about his past, but I do know that he is not aggressive. And I don't want to use that term because that's not who he is. And I don't want that label for him. And I feel like that's a dangerous rabbit hole, right? Because if someone makes you believe you have a leash aggressive dog, I think then we start to internalize that. And then I think that that really changes the emotional, the human's emotional place driving the training, right? right. Because if someone convinced you that he was aggressive, then there are higher stakes, right? And then with those higher stakes, I feel like that's when some of the like balanced and aversive training creeps in, right? Like, well, you have an aggressive dog. If you don't use this pinch collar, he could do X, Y, or Z. And I think that that's why, you know, we use the label reactivity, right? To describe dog dogs who are over the top when they see certain stimulus. But I, I never use the term aggressive unless the behavior that I'm observing is describing that. Right. And so like with him now, I'm like, he's frustrated. He's not aggressive, but I shamefully will admit that we, when we got him, I signed him up for an obedience class that a family member had recommended to me. And this guy had no accreditation. He had, I mean, he had nothing and we slapped a prong collar on him. And so my mildly reactive dog or maybe not reactive at all suddenly presented as reactive because it, I was taught 
you need to dominate him. When he puts his paw on your foot like that, he's, you need to stomp down on his paw. Like he's trying to be, he's trying to take charge. He's trying to be in charge. Um, and I was 22 and I thought I knew what I was doing and I was just like, okay, it never felt right. But I also didn't know like, oh yeah, you're right. He, he must be trying to tell me what to do because he's acting this way. He's acting like a jerk. I didn't know that I was really the one acting like a jerk because I wasn't understanding him, you know? Uh, and that's my biggest regret with him because I really genuinely feel as though his reactivity was just so much worse because of the tools. He's such a food motivated dog. Like, why didn't I just say, never mind? I don't know. But now we're kind of working on fixing all of the mistakes. Yeah. And like, it happens, right? Like you did your best then. You're trying to get him into training, right? Unfortunately, you got some bad advice. But, you know, I think that that is something that like the the allure, we'll call it that, right? The quote unquote allure of the pinch collar is that you can slap it on and it suppresses behavior right away. But what they don't tell you is all the fallout from that, right? Is that like, okay, maybe for one day it suppresses behavior, but then we're only intensifying the underlying emotional cause of the surface behavior of the reactivity. And I find, especially for the frustrated breeders, it just adds another level of frustration because now they're getting pinched and they're experiencing pain in addition to the emotional roller coaster they were already on. Right. And, and for me too, it was like, we had done his obedience and like, sit, stay, lay down. Like he is a very smart dog. So I translated that as like, this training really works. Not thinking it was actually the student. Like he was the one that was catching on to what I wanted him to do or whatever. And so in my mind, it was like, well, this has worked for him to learn all of the core stuff I want him to know. So yeah, of course this will work. Like it's worked in the past. Okay. So, so let's fast forward. So, um, what was appealing to you about reactive redefined? I think for us, it's just been that knowing how social he is and knowing how like he loves going to places. He loves to meet new people. And I, I knew we needed help. Like I could look online and say, okay, do X, Y, and Z. And that's helpful, but I need somebody that's like holding me accountable and like being able to like throw ideas at and be like, well, do you think that this has something to do with it? Do you think this, like, are they unrelated? And just like getting that actual support and being like, you're not alone in this because when you're on the internet, yeah, there are plenty of websites and stuff telling you what to do, but it's still like, you feel so isolated. Like, of course your dog is not the only one dealing with this, but shit, it feels like it, you know, especially when it's, he might be the only one in the neighborhood that's like that. So just having that support has been like, just so like, it's been world changing for us, really. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that before Reactive Redefined, y'all had skills, right? Like you understood like, you know, positive reinforcement and how to execute that. But um, I feel like you guys at a team were just at this like threshold limit, right? Where like you could be successful here, but as soon as you got any closer, it was the meltdown. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, that was really my intention with creative, creating reactive redefine. Like truly you are an ideal candidate for the course, right? Because 
you guys already have a working relationship. You kind of already understand how training works, but I was giving you some specific exercises to be working on, right? And then each week we can touch in and be like, okay, tell me specifically how you and Brooks are doing, right? We weren't speaking in general terms. I get very specific about like, I know you guys as a team and what I think that you should try to be successful, right? Because like the emotional cause for reactivity is so different from dog to dog, right? And I think that that's something that's missing from some of like the general stuff you can find online without like specifically working with someone is that if, if we're not looking at the individual dog, some of the advice maybe not going to get you the outcome as quickly. Right. It, it just being able to like having somebody get to know us and understand that like he's great like because there are so many variations of reactivity like and he is not you know the type of dog that's doing it because he's fearful or because he doesn't like other dogs or whatever it's literally like here is my exact situation i need help figuring out how to handle this and the, because there are also certain things that like feel like contradictory like why would i do that but it's interesting because that type of just having this new knowledge has changed how i thought about a lot of other things like with foster dogs and my permanent dogs and just like rewiring my own brain to try to understand and do better for them yeah yeah so for everyone listening um lauren was one of the giveaway winners and like I, to be honest i didn't know you all before you won the giveaway and then when i looked at your page i was like she fosters how many dogs i'm like oh my god yes right because like we were talking about before we started recording right that like um can you just tell the listeners right so you have you have how many permanent dogs and how many foster dogs Currently, we have four permanent dogs and five foster dogs. The five foster dogs <laughs> is crazy, and we don't usually have that many, but we normally have between six and seven per, like dogs in the household. So we normally have like maybe one or two or three at max permanent or not permanent, but you know, dogs in the household that we're managing and enjoying. And, yeah. 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 But it's like, I knew that the skills that you would learn, right. Not only we're going to yield great success for you and Brooks individually as a team, but all of those concepts, right. You have in your toolbox so that you get to use those for the future dogs in your care, which I think is so brilliant. You know what I mean? Because I know that a lot of people just have one dog. They want to focus on that, but like, I really, you know, I believe in, in divine timing in the universe, right? And I really feel like you winning the giveaway, right? Because for everyone listening, to be clear, I really just enter everyone's name and I don't just like pick and choose based on people's followers, right? Just so everyone is clear on that. I really do try and keep it as fair as I possibly can. And when your name popped up, I was like, thank you, universe, right? <laughs> so. Right. I mean, and that's a thing, like, that's another like big motivator that I didn't realize would be helpful to me until I started working this course, um, was that like Brooks, many of our foster dogs come to us as like adolescents who we don't have a lot of history on. They're kind of just sorting out their lives, trying to figure out what's right, what's wrong. And we do see some leash reactivity in like the budding stage. And so just being able to like acknowledge that and start working with them on it and then prepare their adopters for that is huge because 
we don't want to set them up for failure. We don't want our foster dogs to get returned because we didn't disclose some information. But at least if it's like they do have something that's, you know, less desirable, like leash reactivity, making it like it's not a big deal. Like I have said so many times to people, whether they adopted one of our fosters or not, my dog Brooks has leash reactivity because people know him and think he's such a great dog. And he is, but like, this is a very normal thing. Um, and just helping them figure out that like, this is what's been working for them. So now you just, you take the lead and go with it too. And like, find a positive reinforcement trainer and don't make the mistake I did. <laughs> yeah. And like setting that foundation, right? So, um, you know, I think that something that's so beautiful about positive reinforcement training is that like you have that opportunity, like in those early days, because let's be honest, some of these dogs come, in, come into you for foster care, probably didn't have great stuff going on before. And if you get to lay that foundation, that just makes it so much easier of a transition, right? That like the adopter is like, okay, the dog knows how to take food, right? Like that, that skill set is already there for them to just be like, okay, now I need to do this, this, and this. Because not all dogs that come from transport in different places have even the skill set of like eating food in the world, right? Like sometimes that's something that like they need is a skill set. So I think that's so cool that um, you're able to lay that foundation. So I want to talk just a little bit about <clears throat> what you have found to be new, novel, like in the reactive course, right? Like whether it's just in the group discussions or in the core course content, like, can you think of something that was really quite new for you that you hadn't thought about before? Um, just doing like the look at that exercise. I'm like, huh? Yeah, that does make sense. And like slowly pushing the threshold without getting him above threshold. Like, I think to me, you know, my go-to was like, we just avoid dogs. <laughs> we only deal with them when they're a surprise or if we absolutely have to. And now it's like, I am going on walks with him, seeking out dogs. Um, and just like the progression of like, first, we're just going to shove food in his mouth <laughs> while he's <laughs> at like so fascinated. And then letting him make the decision like in turn. And so like those types of things, I'm like, okay, yeah, like it, it goes into this, like, he's this little, he's not a person, but in my mind, it's like, you're able to make your own decisions and I'm helping you make the right ones. Like we're creating a foundation instead of just being like, oh, okay, let's go the other way now. Like, bye. Um, and letting him know, like, this is, this is what we can do. And if you're having a hard time, then I'm going to get you out of that situation, you know? And that alone, I've just been like, it finally clicked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I think that the core course content of reactive redefined, right? Like it's nothing like super new, right? Because dogs are under, under the same general principles and I, I'm just explaining it with my, like my flair, so to speak. But it's like those small tweaks that I can give you where you shift from like those, oh shit, I see a dog to like, ooh, there's a dog. Let's work through this. Like that's, that's so beautiful. And it, it brings me so much joy to hear you say that, right? Because that's really my intention is to empower you and give you the skills. So it's like your long-term plan isn't avoiding dogs for forever, right? Because let's be honest, avoiding dogs gets exhausting and it's impossible sometimes. So <laughs> it is. It is. It's, it's definitely been a game changer for us. And I mean, I never thought that I would be sitting here saying I am now looking for dogs 
um, to test it with because that's for so long, the better part of five years, five and a half years together, it has just been like, you know what? We just can't do this. I know you love to go places and meet people, but we just, you can't come. Um, it stresses me out. You just can't. Yes. Yes. Okay. So can you give the listeners an idea of the progress y'all have been making? I definitely feel like from the time that we started until like current day, he is more thoughtful and I'm more thoughtful. Like we go on our route or we go to a store or whatever. And he just seems so much more in tune with me. Like, Oh, I'm not sure what's going on. So I'm just going to turn and look at you. And just like being so much more in check and in tune and knowing that like, you know what, if you're going to offer that to me, especially in a, a stressful or exciting situation, hell yeah, you're going to get a treat. Like, thank <laughs> you. Like he went to Petco with us yesterday and he had, didn't have a reaction. I mean, there were a couple dogs granted they weren't barking at him, but those things alone in the past, I would have been like, nope, we'd be hiding in, you know, hiding in a different aisle, like regardless, because I also now understand his triggers better too. To me, it was just like dogs, but then being forced or encouraged to look at what is it specifically that he's getting frustrated with. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, it's not that little papillon in the cart that's bothering him. It's that dog that he heard come in from, you know, the front who's all excited that's getting him excited, you know? Um, so seeing that progress between the two of us and it just feels like such a better like teamwork, you know, just like, we just feel like, I feel like we're a better team than we've ever been. And it's just the best feeling, you know? Oh my God. It is. It's truly the best when you're like in a situation in the past that would have been caused a lot of stress and anxiety for both of you to have that moment of like literal connection where the dog looks at you and you look at them and you're like, we have got this. Like that's, I want everyone to have that. Right. And that was so much of the fuel behind creating this course. Right. Because like, let's be honest, owning a reactive dog, little daunting at times, right? Where you're just like, oh my God, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, this is, this is not going well. But yeah, and I think too, you know, to, to circle back to what you were saying about like really evaluating what specifically triggers him, right? Like, I think that that's the work that like, maybe we were thinking about, like we think about that stuff, but like you need that like formal structure of like literally write it down on a piece of paper because I want you to know. And, you know, just those small, simple steps. And then I think, you know, the group element, right, has been really fun just to see everybody like kind of grow together. And then I don't know about you, but like, I love hearing everybody's stories because like, yeah, I'm a dog trainer. Yeah, I have a dog who can be a total crazy animal on a leash sometimes. Like hearing other people's stories of like, this happened to me and me being like, whoo, been there. I feel you on that. Like having that support network is, is so helpful. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, it's, you feel very isolated. And then when you have this like other community of people who, you know, maybe their dog isn't reacting to other dogs, but their dog's reactive to skateboards or bicycles or, and you're just like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I'm not the only one just like dealing with these crazy things. Like, you know, cause you just feel like it's embarrassing. It's frustrating. And then it's like, you know what? 
I got this. Other people can do it. Like we're, it could be worse. It could be better, but you know what? Like we're not alone. We're not the only ones because people don't talk about that. Tell me about your dog. Well, I'm not going to say, well, he uh, is reactive. He likes to eat poop. Like I'm not going <laughs> to tell you all the things about him. That's not great. You know? So it's just like, Oh, look how perfect that dog is. People will stop us when we're having a good moment. They'll be like, oh, he's such a good boy. One guy tried to take him from me. He was like, I'll take him. I'm like, no, you won't. But <laughs> the thing is, is like you're seeing the good side of him. And you might be wondering why your dog doesn't do that. But you don't see the crazy side of him that is frustrating for me. You know, like it's just yeah. easy for us to compare, you know, what's going right for everybody else. It's not going right for us. Yeah, and like, I, I really wanted to cultivate the safe space where you could be truthful about your dog's behavior without judgment. You know, because like, to your point, right? Like, when someone wants to ask about one of my dogs, I would, I always want to tell you the good things, right? But I, it's, it's harder, right? Like, I think that as humans, we, we care for our dogs so much that we always want to paint them in the best light. But it's okay to be honest about like, okay, yeah, the dog lost it at the end of the leash. You know, and like, I mean, everyone listening to this podcast knows all of Waylon and I's dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Like, has he dragged me down? Yes. Has it happened multiple times? Yes. Right. But I think that having that safe space where without judgment, right, you can, you can be honest about what didn't go well too, you know, because like, obviously, so for everyone listening, we always start our calls with a challenge and a win right? Because I want to hear the truth, right? About like, this sucked this week. It is not going well. What do we do? But then I also want to shift to like celebrating what did go well. And, and I hope that you have found that balance to be helpful. Absolutely. I mean, too, it's like, it gets me thinking like on each walk or outing that we're doing, I'm like, all right, is this going to be the defining moment that I'm like this week, <laughs> this <laughs> happened, but this happened, you know? And and two, I think that like my partner is wonderful and she supports training and, and all of those things. But like when I come back from a walk and I'm like, listen to this, she's like, oh yeah, that does suck. Or, oh, that, that is great. But just to have somebody else, like to just kind of be like, yeah, and get it more. Like yeah. I love her to pieces and she wants to get it, but like, she's not in the course too. Like, so she'll be excited or she'll be frustrated for us, but there's like a different level when somebody else is like, Oh, been there. Isn't that the worst versus like, Oh yeah, that does suck. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I feel like through the course of the calls, right. So for everyone listening, there's six total group calls, right. Where we meet bi-weekly so that we get to know each other. And I feel like each week, right. We get to celebrate more because we know so in depth, like how truly profound the wins are, you know? And like in those challenges, just hearing like, Ooh, other people had challenges. Okay. We're good here. Right. Because, you know, social media is amazing in so many ways, but social media is also creates a fictitious image of what living and training a dog is. Right. So I think that it's helpful to, <laughs> to yeah, know like, Oh my God, you had a challenge this week too. Whew, okay. <laughs> Must be something in the air. Cause everybody had that challenge or into like, I love that we like share our Instagram handles or whatever, because it, I feel like I get like emotionally attached to like, I want, Pippi from Mississippi to succeed and get off her front porch or like 
Ivy to like handle meeting a new man or who, whoever, like, you know, just yeah. like, I feel like I'm following along in their story. Like you go, <laughs> I don't even know these people, but I, I'm cheering them on too, because I know like that does suck. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, I want to hear from you. Would you suggest this course to a friend? I mean, you oh, did technically because you gave the spot away, but. <laughs> Who, by the way, was like so excited. She was like, wait, really? But I would 100%, 100% recommend it to people. And I plan to. Like the next time, especially we have like a foster dog that is um, reactive and goes into a home. And I'm like, hold up a minute. <laughs> Let me give you some info. Because it just makes you go from feeling hopeless to hopeful. And I feel like I paused helping Brooks live his best life in doing the things that he loves so much. And now it's finally like, we're able to press play and he's able to start doing that stuff again. And doesn't everybody want that for their dog to let them do the things that make them the happiest? Yeah. Yeah. And to successfully navigate the world as a team, like that's the point. Right? Like that's the point of having a dog is that y'all can work together and be successful. Oh my God. It was so much fun. Okay. So, um, for everyone listening, um, where can they find you on the Instagrams? Um, uh, my personal page is at L A U Buckley, B U C K L E Y. Um, or if you are up for some nonsense, our dog Instagram is at Brooks B R O O K S underscore and co. Um, that is self-narrated by Brooks. So I can't promise that he's going to say anything that makes any sense, but we let him have creative liberty with that one. Amazing. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about how you can connect with me for training, you can go to my website, agfdogtraining.com. If you'd like more training inspiration and insight, you can follow me on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. If you'd like to become a member and support the podcast, please check us out on Patreon. You can check us out at patreon.com slash disorderly dogs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss out on any future episodes. And if you really like this podcast and you want to go above and beyond for me, you could leave a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts to help more like-minded individuals find us.